are Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, April 19th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that honestly is just thankful we do not have to play the Islanders anymore this season. That's a win in my book. Yeah, despite the outcome of the game, uh, it's just such a relief. To keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes, our Islanders hatred, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com and we'll be having our weekly mailbag on Wednesday. So send in your questions either way. Well, we'll look forward to answering them on the show. We are your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Danielle. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. On today's show, we are going to recap this weekend's games against the Caps and the Islanders. And it's Monday and I'm feeling punchy, so I'm looking forward to our nemesis of the week this week. Locked on Flyers is available wherever you are listening to your podcast right now. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all those fun places. So make sure to hit subscribe so you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right. So there was a little bit of lineup shuffling over the course of the weekend. Uh, Tanner Lazinski has a lower body injury. He skated on Sunday but wasn't ready to go yet. So... We had Carson Torinsky called up to the main roster to cover for that. And then uh, Carter Hart, surprisingly, did not start the game on Saturday. It was kind of a last-minute scratch because of an injury. Uh, Elliot was planned to start Sunday and so had a full rest day planned on Saturday. So he couldn't jump in to play right away. So... Of course, uh, Lion had to play in that game, which was a little crazy, and I kind of felt bad for him, but, you know, that you got to step up, I guess, right? Yeah, unfortunately, that's his role as the third goalie in the depth chart, but uh, yeah, I felt bad for him in that game, truly. Yeah, it was interesting. Post-game, he said that he usually has like a 24-hour process to get ready for a game, and I'm like, oh, you get 90 minutes, kid. That's what we're doing. But the other uh, news on the roster front was that Nolan Patrick uh, was kept out of both games. You know, he had gotten hurt earlier and they, they've just been keeping him out as a precautionary method. But, you know, we'll see if he gets back into the lineup later this week. And they flip-flopped Robert Haig and Phil Myers between the games. Uh, The other thing of note is that they did call up Cam York from the Phantom Squad to the Taxi Squad so that he can skate and practice with the team again because the Phantoms have been off due to COVID reasons. And so he went through the protocols and and, uh, the coaches are able to get a look at him, at least in practice for now. 
So going into Saturday's game against the Caps, you know, again, with these injuries that we've had, and of course now Michael Raffle isn't gone, we got to see Carson Torinsky on that fourth line uh, with Lawton and NAK, which I thought was a little weird. But I thought it was really nice that they had Wade Allison up with Giroux and Farabee in the lineup. Uh, I thought that was like the two most notable things. Uh, what did you think about uh, what they put together against the Caps? Yeah, I was surprised to see Allison up there. And, you know, it was a good surprise, right? Like I, um, I thought that he looked noticeable in his first game. And, and so I like that AB, you know, trusted him enough to, to bump him up and to put him with players like Giroux and Farabee and, I didn't think he looked out of place in the top six. No, he didn't. And, you know, going into kind of the takeaways from that game, I think Wade Allison was the best takeaway from that game. You know, obviously he got his first pro goal, which was an absolutely beautiful feed to him. So he had a wide open net to shoot at and had an amazing selly afterward. So I was just so happy for him. Me too. And I think in his post game, he said that he like owes Kevin Hayes a dinner because he you, you don't get uh an easier goal than than what he's um set him up for. So uh good for him. I mean, he's right in front of the net. You're going to get lucky and and he definitely did. But he he earned it too. He absolutely did because he had been pretty tenacious all game and you know, they had been putting him net front on the power play which we talked about before but he just looked so good up there like really was doing all the right things and you know he earned that time on the power play and then he had an amazing back check to keep Ovi from getting a shot off and drew a penalty against Connor Sherry yeah I just thought all around his game was just fantastic definitely a bright spot in (laughs) one Saturday's game with the Caps Yeah, I think the other bright spot, obviously, was that JVR finally scored a goal after 18 games without one. Uh, It was actually really pretty, too. Uh, A really great feed from Abe Kubel through the neutral zone, you know, catching the caps off guard while they were on a change. It It was just a gorgeous move, too. It really was. It doesn't feel like it's been 18 games, but... When I look back on it, yeah, JVR hasn't really scored that much, but it always seems like he's setting other people up. But um, yeah, good for him. I know that uh, it comes in waves with JVR, so hopefully, fingers crossed, this can get him going for the the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, you know, just to pick up a few more would at least would be nice, I think. Yeah, just make him more attractive for Seattle. I mean, just pad his stats. Uh, There's nothing really else to... (laughs) For the rest of the season. So for him, I'd be happy for him to do that. Yeah. And, you know, kind of looking at the rest of the Flyers performance, man, what a frustrating game. Another slow start. You know, the Caps were up on shots pretty early. They sort of hung Lion out to dry a bit. And, you know, the couple of times that they did get momentum back with the JVR goal and then Wade Allison's goal, they just like immediately crapped the bed afterwards and let the Caps get right back into it. Yeah. Which, I mean, is definitely something that we've seen before this season. And I, they can never follow up a good performance with another good performance. 
Yeah, the other kind of negative standout, I think, for me was NAK again with, you know, taking a bad penalty, which, of course, led to that uh, OV goal four seconds later, which you just you just can't let that happen. I mean, another consistency this season is NAK um, taking bad penalties and then the team scoring on those bad penalties. So uh, it's just weird that I mean, like, granted, he was taken out of uh, the lineup before, but I just, with everyone that talks about AV sitting younger players, it, he, to me, hasn't sat NAK enough for all of the bad penalties he's taken. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, you have to think, but for Tanner Lazinski's injury, NAK would be sitting more right now. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Well, you know, sometimes when you are in a bad mood, you got to do some retail therapy and BlueNile.com is definitely some good retail therapy. They have an exclusive collection called 1010 of creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy to yourself or the jewelry lover in your life. Yeah, and they only use diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. And 10 female design masters have each produced a unique, beautiful ring. Ideal for any engagement or Mother's Day, set that reminder, or just a beautiful conversation piece. And they're the perfect way to bring light and joy into anyone's life. They're available right now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced. So you can give yourself or a loved one something special and truly meaningful. When I looked at the collection, Harwell Godfrey stood out. It's in this amazing hexagonal setting, which is super cool and kind of 70s sci-fi, which is definitely my aesthetic. So if anyone's looking to buy me a ring, that's the one I'd want. (laughs) If you're in the hunt for a perfect, unique ring or a lifelong one with all special pieces, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. We've got a new podcast that will help you get hockey smart. The Crosscheck podcast hosted by Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark goes deeper into NHL stories than any other podcast with the help of the smartest minds on ice. Follow the Crosscheck podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so switching gears over to last night's game versus the Islanders, they did switch up the lines a little bit with Coots centering Giroux and Voracek, Lawton centering JVR and Konechny, Hayes with Farabee and Wade Allison, and then Carson Turinsky was with uh, Oscar Lindblom and NAK. And kind of the defensive pairings were the same, except for Robert Hay got swapped back in in place of Myers. So I don't know this. I have like definite feelings about this game. But, you know, what were your (laughs) impressions of the Flyers during this one? Uh, You know, the Flyers as a whole, 
I it was not fun. To, it was not fun to watch. But Brian Elliott had himself a game. I was not expecting that from him. Uh, he had some pretty good saves, especially in the third period. So, I mean, there weren't too many things that are that were positive to come out of this game. But I definitely think that Elliott had a really good game. So I'm I'm happy for him. Yeah, I was too. And, you know, several people on Twitter were saying this as well. But, you know, when you actually let Brian Elliott get the rest he needs in order to put in a good performance, lo and behold, that is what you get. That's mind blowing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think, you know, the game wasn't the most fun game from a pure hockey perspective to watch but I thought it was a good game in the sense that the Flyers actually fixed some of the things that they have been doing consistently wrong this season and it just felt better overall from them I mean like you said obviously Elliot's performance helped but I think there were a couple of other things that stood out to me so the Flyers were actually for a good percentage of the game able to get through the neutral zone with speed pretty easily which is an unusual thing to happen against a Barry Trotz team (laughs) and I think they looked better defensively as well I mean again Elliot made some very key saves there but I thought structurally the defense looked a lot better and I would point to Shane Gossespierre and Travis Sanheim who were both, you know, stepping up a little bit offensively, but both had some really key defensive moves over the course of the game, um, even in the neutral zone, not just in the defensive zone, that I think helped contribute to the Flyers, like stealing the puck back from the Islanders and and stopping even any offensive push from them. But, you know, I, I do feel bad because Travis Sanheim really did have that strong game. And just to have the puck go off his skate into the net in the overtime was just crushing. Yeah, uh, just such an unlucky bounce for him because you're right. I do think that he had a really good game. Yeah, uh, that was all all really great. Um, I would say also the penalty kill looked really good. I mean, obviously there was only two of them, I think, in the game. But both of them, again, looked really solid structurally that I didn't think the Islanders got a lot of really good chances during their power plays. And I felt like the thing that the Flyers have had a problem with is puck watching and they did none of those things. They weren't leaving the back door open. And, you know, I, I just thought that they really looked a lot stronger on that front. All right. So I think there was a couple of things that maybe led to the Flyers' demise in this game. I mean, obviously Sorokin played out of his mind and how frustrating. Again, you know, the Flyers had so many chances and definitely out outchanced the Islanders over the course of the game with better opportunities, but just nothing was going. And I was just so angry. <laughs> like, how dare the Islanders have this goalie? Yeah, Sorokin really did play really well, too. I mean, I wasn't expecting, like, a goaltending battle coming coming into this game, but it it really was the goalies that had, had the better out of, you know, everyone on the ice. 
Yeah, I was really disappointed in kind of the second half of the third period and the OT in terms of of the effort. I don't know if the Flyers just ran out of gas or the Islanders turned it on, but you know, they they had such a stronger time of it in that latter part of the game and I just wish the Flyers could have had a better reset into overtime cuz mm-hmm. I think their chances would have been higher. Yeah, I you know, I expected the Flyers to to start overtime a little bit with a little bit more jump because I do feel like like you said that by the end of the third the Islanders were really like they were swarming, they were they were like getting to pucks first and you could you just kind of felt like that that goal was going to go their way. Um but when getting past uh getting to overtime, you kind of thought that the Flyers, you know, would maybe turn it on, but unfortunately, it didn't really feel like they did. Yeah. Well, you know, Danielle, you've been talking about this a lot on the show recently. And when the Flyers lose, sometimes you just need to treat yourself. And I talked about retail therapy in the first break, but a built bar is actually the perfect thing to hit the spot after the Flyers lose a game because they are so good. Built bars are a soft protein bar, but they taste like a candy bar. They have so many amazing flavors to choose from, no matter what kind of flavor you like, whether you like chocolate, whether you don't, some with nuts and some with like fruity flavors. I love so many of them, but especially a couple of their newer flavors, lemon, almond cheesecake and carrot cake. And Bilt Bars are the best for a pick-me-up because they're healthy, so there's no guilt. Bilt Bar is great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. I don't know how they do it, but they combine a low-calorie, low-sugar with high-protein and high-fiber all into one delicious bar. And it is great for any type of diet that you are on, whether it's keto, counting calories, or just trying to have a high-protein diet. Bilt Bars for you. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Danielle, you know, we've been talking about the NHL season is in its waning weeks, but there's still time to get in on whatever bets you're thinking of making before they drop the puck each night. And the perfect place to go for that is our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Whether that's hockey, NBA, baseball, golf, soccer, any other sports that are happening right now, BetOnline has you covered, even with awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today with the promo code LOCKEDON and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS League. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Danielle, before we get to our nemesis of the week, just a couple other things. First off, you mentioned the Hockey Fights Cancer 
stuff the Flyers did for Oscar Lindblom? Like, what was your favorite part of all of that? Oh, I loved how everyone came out with Oscar jerseys. I was not expecting that, and I just thought that was so sweet. I love when teams do that. Um, Normally, you see it for, like, you know, 1,000 games or whatever. And I just love seeing that. And um, you could just tell that Oscar was just so appreciative and overwhelmed by all the love and the support. And anytime I can show that guy some love, I'm going to do it and I'm going to love it. So I loved everything, honestly. Yeah, same. And the fact that they gave him a solo lap, like a rookie, like, oh, He's that a star. was so sweet. Yes. Yeah. Like, and then the, the Flyers Twitter account saying, like, wearing our heart on our sleeves and on our back. Like, Oscar's the heart of the, of the team. It's, oh, it's just so beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, this season has been so difficult for so many different reasons. And Oscar, you know, playing a complete season or at least, a, you know, a complete season thus far and, you know, steadily improving has been absolutely one of the bright spots. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. And then just one more thing. Is there anything that you can point to that the Flyers are doing that we talked about as far as things we wanted to see from them in these remaining games, assuming they were not making the playoffs? Well, um, one thing we definitely talked about was just getting to see the kids and or I guess not kids, but the fandoms <laughs> prospects. Um, and we have, you know, Wade Allison looks great. Tanner Lizinski, I thought uh, when he was in the lineup, he looked great. It's so unfortunate that he has uh, an injury right now and he's out of the lineup. But, you know, so far, so good with with the prospects. And, you know, I definitely think it seeing them now makes it really intriguing to see what's going to happen next season especially um in training camp so that's one bright spot that I I think that's happening that we kind of wanted to see yeah I'm with you there and you know the fact again that they're having Cam York practice with the team you know with everything that's going on with the Phantoms I think they're just really going the extra mile to try and get looks for these kids and to get some NHL experience under their belt. So, you know, that's, that's definitely a positive to take from these uh, last dozen or so games this season. But moving into our nemesis of the week, if you're newer to the program, every Monday we try and look at who or what in hockey is getting our goat for this upcoming week. And last week we talked about, there having been 15 games left of the season at that time and no playoffs. And, you know, that was a real bummer, but we were trying to look at some of the positives, like the one we just talked about with getting to see some of our prospects play this week. I think the nemesis is fighting off the Rangers and, you know, we play the Rangers later this week and they are actually kind of making a playoff push Right now, I don't think they're going to get there, but they're on a four-game win streak right now and seem to be trending in the right direction, 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. And I think there's, you know, a lot of fan bases, like, depending on the Flyers to beat them in order to keep them out of the playoffs, which is, like, such a weird position to be in, right? But I think that 
you know, these games against a team that is trending in the right direction. Like if the Flyers can beat them, I think it'll do some of these other teams a favor. But also, I think just add to trying to get some net positives out of this season. So that's why the Rangers are my nemesis of this week. Good pick. So, you know, we'll talk about them more later this week, but... Uh, I'm really, really hoping that the Flyers can at least take the good from this game against the Islanders and kind of look upward toward this team and uh, get some wins later this week. All right, our Flyers fun thing. Wade Allison, we talked about him earlier in the show with getting his first NHL goal and normally it would be the goal highlight but man this kid is just wacky and I love him and he just like seems to have a really fun personality and there was this obsession with smelling salts that has (laughs) happened with this team to some degree but Claude Giroux just like smelling salted the crap out of him (laughs) on Saturday and it was so funny it was really funny (laughs) So link to that in the show notes. With that, it's the end of today's show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow. As a reminder, we want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers, or you can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle. You can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Have a great day.